I'm very excited to be talking today. One of the other ironies is that my body is on, oh, my body is on, my talk is on <laughs> the body as home. And I wasn't exactly envisaging that we would all be home <laughs> when this was going to be uh, done. I don't know, um, talked. Um, yeah, so I'll be chatting a bit today about the body as home. Um, but before I go in with my sort of experiences and ramblings on, um, I wanted to kind of get a sense of how that phrase resonates or um, doesn't with you. Does it? Is it a phrase that instinctively makes sense to you? Um, do you know where you experience resistance and where you experience resonance with it? So um, if you have any thoughts on that, feel free to just jump in. You can just unmute yourself. Um, yeah, the body as home. What do you think of what happens for you? Um, I, I can cheat because I've been talking to Annika all week about this. So I've already, I have some thoughts that I prepared earlier. Um, <laughs> that I was talking to Annika about the fact that as a straight white guy um, whose you know, bodies like mine are placed at the centre of this culture and so there's ways in which it's very easy to feel at home in a body that is so constantly represented um, around you. But um, there's also ways in which um, you be can become so disembodied under those circumstances. So just the, the phrase being at home in your own body or the body is home, it just struck me that um, for me with my experience and the kind of body that uh, I have is, is um, yeah, it's a profoundly kind of ambivalent experience to think about the body as home. Thanks, Rod. Annika, I, um, yeah, just alongside, I, I guess, what Rod just said, but, um, yeah, I immediately thought of loved ones and family, like the body as home. Um, I, I think the notion of body was a more collective thing rather than me just personally. That was just when you asked for that expression, yeah, it flashed into immediate family as being at home in that body, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does. It's sort of interesting as you said that I was reminded of the the three facets that we've been exploring the body through you know the individual body the church's body and the earth as God's body and really what I'll be talking about really just is that the sort of individual um individualistic kind of experience of the body as home but it's really yeah uh, it'll be fascinating to think about the the other dimensions of the body as home as well thank you One of the things that came to mind for me is um, I guess when the when I most resonate with that is after I've been really physically exerted or, or like done exercise and I feel so aware of my body. And um, to be honest, it's particularly in times when I've um, maybe done exercise that I'm proud of. So like... Um, this is obvious like was more so when I used to do like athletics or bike racing or things like that and just be really proud of my body and really proud of the home that mm -hmm. I felt in my body um and I you know on the flip side of that 
the other the time when I've also been very aware of being in my body and not felt at home has been in like um yeah different um I guess more intimate um settings with other people mm. um wanting to keep this pg um but yeah just aware that like um there's there's been times i've been so aware of being in my body but not felt at home at all actually and felt um yeah just the contrast of those two yeah thank you it's really helpful i was gonna say i um i'm definitely someone that can kind of forget that my body is my home in that like if you think of a home that you you hope to use the different rooms for different things like I I often forget I can just dance or I can just lay on the floor and wriggle around or something like that you know like and when someone something happens to remind me of that, I'm like yeah I've got this whole body that I can actually do these things with I can sort of um end up using my body in a very status quo kind of way and so it's nice to be reminded that it's like this whole just in particularly in terms of movement, I'm thinking, yeah. Mm. Mansion of movement. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, mm, go for I, it. I find it interesting, um, our relationship with our body through fitness and health and illness and the impact on that because I can hear and identify with these associations of using uh the body to celebrate and uh the being at home with my body where my body has accomplished some physical achievements and feeling really great about that both physically and emotionally but the other side of it is coming to grip to grips with my body in its limits mm -hmm. and uh what happens if I abuse my body, I ignore my body's warning signs, I particularly push my body too far, I allow too much stress and then come crashing down because of illness. Mm. Or the illness creeps up on me and I don't know where it's come from. And then trying to cope with a body that is not the way that I feel it should be and mm. the limitations of that. Um, and that affects people differently depending on whether it's a short-term acute illness or a long-term chronic thing. Uh, and I've had both over my time. Uh, but how I actually come then to accommodate my, my body and live within my body and live within the limitations of it and still express who I am, mm -hmm. uh, that's a, a really interesting and at times challenging journey. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's something I'll be chatting a bit about is accepting the body as it is. Um, so yeah, that's really it's a helpful segue. Thank you. Um, are there any other reflections before I jump in? I obviously <laughs> have stuff I want to say, but um, if anyone's been waiting to speak now, I was, for <laughs> I was just going to make a comment from a perspective of someone that works with people that are homeless and how um, the only home they have is their body, mm. and then how frequently they abuse their body because of that mm. yeah such a helpful perspective as well um as sort of these two elements we're we're dealing with hey the home and the body and how we think about both those things go into how we experience the other particularly when you hold them together um yeah thank you amanda 
just before when we saw a little baby Oliver, I was thinking about that the weird experience of being pregnant and actually housing somebody else in your body. What a strange experience that is to go through um, both before and after. <laughs> yeah, Jess was commenting that, but Oliver was uh, squealing quite loudly. So, uh, <laughs> didn't want to have the it. <laughs> so he's having a little fit. <laughs> Thanks, I think, I think um, a, a couple of things have come to my mind. Like I've always um, kind of been grateful for my body, but being overweight is something that I've hated. And so I'm grateful that I'm, you know, healthy and everything, but I hate that I'm fat and overweight. Mm -hmm. And I, I think having Oliver um, and my body doing what it did to birth him and to nourish him, I that the the body image thing has gone and well not completely gone but i'm just super grateful for what my, what my body what the yeah what my body can do so mm. yeah having, having to share the home kind of yeah gives you a different perspective <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know? yeah thank you jess and katrina the experience of birth i imagine can be such a powerful yeah changing life-changing kind of experience so yeah thank you thank you all for sharing I'm going to jump in now um if you'd like to you can chat at the end as well about what resonated and resisted for you in, in my talk but um yeah I I, I will talk now um <laughs> And just to preface as I start that this, like most things I do, is going to be a self-referential rambling uh, through my personal experience and some interesting thoughts I've picked up along along my road. Um, and I hope that there's <laughs> I hope that there's something in here for you. Um, and yeah, as I said, I'll be holding space at the end if you want to chat about it. Um, yeah, I want to start. Like my way into this topic is has actually come from thinking about my name. Um, just yeah, like just to really set the tone for how self-referential is going to be. I'm going to chat about my name. Um, and yeah, it really was the the catalyst for thinking about a lot of this for me. Um, I really like my name. My name is Anaka Khos, as it's pronounced. Um, and I really like that most Australians can't really pronounce that. Um, <laughs> the foreignness of my name means that so many of the associations and assumptions that people make when they hear or see a name, um, so many of those assumptions are voided because of the, the strangeness of my name. Um, I like that you can't necessarily tell my gender or nationality when you hear or read my name. And by virtue of my name's foreignness, I can remain unknown even after I've told someone as something as identifying and um, sort of individual as my name. Um, yeah. My, my family moved from South Africa to Australia when I was 12. Uh, which is arguably the worst time <laughs> in a kid's life to uproot them. Um, but I digress. Uh, and this sort of naturally had a pretty, uh, pretty significant change in how I came to understood, uh, came to understand um, home. Um, I remember saying to my mum after we had lived here for a few years, 
um, that I didn't really think of the house in Australia we had at the time as home. Um, I didn't really feel like the concept of home existed for me anymore. Um, and that was especially true at the time we came back from South Africa and I was sitting on the plane um, after we had moved and visited South Africa and I was, we were coming back and I was having this like existential crisis of like, did I, was I just home or am I coming home? Like, where, where am I going? <laughs> Where's home in relation to me now? Um, and at the time I articulated it as the feeling of like the child of, a, of divorced parents. Like I had my room in that house and my room in this house and, but neither were really home. Um, and at that time home uh, was a place in the past. Um, it had existed and didn't anymore for me. And uh, sort of naturally the nature of share housing and renting in Melbourne means that home is a pretty <laughs> pretty non-static place physically as well. Um, hasn't eased that sense of displacement uh, of migration um, to, the, to the point where I had given up on the feeling of home coming from the place where I lived or the address where my stuff was. Um, the experience of change itself felt more than a home uh, than any of the places themselves. Now, acceptance and resignation are pretty close cousins in my psyche, and they're really only distinguished by my own sense of agency over my life. Um, in migrating from South Africa, I understood myself as having no agency in my parents' decision to come here, and I didn't. I was 12. <laughs> as much as I kicked up a stink, uh, there's not a lot you can do as a 12-year-old. Um, but, yeah, experiencing myself as having so little agency in that decision, um, my growing up has really been a trajectory of moving away from resignation and to a place of accepting the agency and autonomy I have over my life. Um, and now I'm, cho I'm choosing to be an active participant in my life and choosing to be open to change and understanding home as wherever I am. I also can't really talk about the understanding of body as home without talking about my experience as a queer person here. Um, Queerness and queer people have really liberated the idea of what it means to be at home in one's body. Non-binary and gender non-conforming people especially have really broken down and reconstructed the ideals and, um, yeah, around bodies, um, how there's no one way to be a man or a woman or non-binary. There is no one way to be human, I think is the main idea that happened to sorry paper noise um yeah the the breadth and depth of the human experience really just refuses and defies categorization and then much less a categorization as binary as man and woman um if i sound as cynical about the gender binary it's because i am <laughs> And if it weren't for me understanding myself as a queer non-binary woman, this body would forever feel alien to me. My body would have stayed a vessel that carries my head from room to room. Having the language of non-binariness for the experience I was having in my body, like fundamentally changed the relationship I had with my body and opened up the possibility of genuine friendship with my body. 
I've been learning recently about a concept of body neutrality, um, which is a pretty simple but radical practice of accepting the body as it is in its current state, of acknowledging the fact that this is this is the way that bodies are. Um, bodies smell and bodies move and bodies, I don't know, breathe, all the all these things that bodies just are and um kind of in response to the body positivity movement, uh, which has done a lot of good in the world. But I think for me and for lots of other people, um, it just sets me up for another way of failing at how I'm supposed to feel about my body. Um, when you have these scripts of like, yeah, love your body. And when that feels like another another tick box, another thing you're supposed to feel and say about your body that you can't really believe, um, for me, it's a much more realistic assessment and um, acceptance of my body to say, this is a body. And th that's it. <laughs> I, I can just be in my body. Um, the options aren't love your body or hate your body. The option of being in your body and being at home in your body are opened up for me by accepting my body for exactly what it is, a body. And bodies are and bodies change and my body is never the same and I can choose to work with and understand the rhythms of change in my body. Being my body's ally and friend means accepting and embracing a continual process of change moment to moment. Um, yeah, I was chatting to Rod in preparation for this talk and he reminded me of a verse from Luke. 957 to 58. This is the obligatory Bible reference in the talk. <laughs> but as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow wherever you go. And Jesus said to them, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but I have nowhere to lay my head. Uh, sort of tying into what you were saying, Amanda, about homelessness. Um, Rod pointed out from the Homebrew Christianity podcast, is it? Uh, that Jesus was a homeless, a homeless Jew um, and seems to be queering this idea of home, uh, leaving behind the idea of home as a fixed place and leaning into the, the non-static experience, rather, of being at home wherever you are. So much of experiencing my body as home has come through acceptance for me. Uh, being at home in my body is uh, accepting my own goodness, uh, a stubborn refusal of the world telling us that there is one way to be home with ourselves, that home is a static place or way of being. Accepting the body as home for me means embracing change and embracing the unfolding of ourselves in space and time and being. And I can, I can live with that. <laughs> That doesn't feel so unrealistic to wake up in the morning and aspire to. So, yeah, that's that's my thoughts. That's what I wanted to say. Um, really open to hearing from folks where that resonates or resists. Or, um, yeah, I'm so aware that being self-referential means that there are experiences outside of my own that I haven't tapped into with this talk and you've so helpfully brought in so many of those aspects already but yeah, if there's like a glaring blind spot in there somewhere feel free to point it out 
I'm always learning. I I just want to say that um yeah I I don't I don't I don't feel like there's there's blind spots like you've been talking from your experience and that has fully unlocked for me like moments of like um insight and clarity and empathy to be able to understand things that that I don't I'm not able to experience so um I don't know yeah self-referential all the way like I love that you're that you're naming your experience and um that is an avenue and a gateway for for me to connect and 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 feel um feel things and hear ideas that I I hadn't thought of before so thank you thanks Josh the other the other thing that occurred to me was um it's almost that combination of what Dean was saying and what you're saying that um, that some spirit wants to lead us to a place of feeling at home in our body and that what Jesus was doing co collectively was like that experience too of saying who is who's my mother who are my brothers mm. um, the complacency of people resting in tribe and family and um, those that don't fit the the normal sense of, of home and community are excluded and, and Jesus kind of trying to crack that all open and create the opportunity for everyone to find a home in their own body and a home in community that wasn't based on the lack of the draw in terms of the body or family that you were born into. I thought, yeah, I found that quite profound. So thank you. Mm. Thanks, folks. It just feels like I've opened up for like compliment hour now, but please keep going. <laughs> Also, don't feel like you have to come. Oh, no, I've opened up it. Ah. <laughs> I really appreciate you thinking about home in the broader sense, uh, you know, like you're saying moving countries um, or even, you know, rental and house share kind of situation makes you a bit like the child of a divorce or um, and what that that's like to not really, I really resonate with that. Um, um, yeah, like where, do, and which obviously links to where do you find your sense of home? And um, yeah, I think I don't have anything else to say, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for what you had to share. Thanks, Daniel. Um, I think in your comments, particularly about body neutrality and the amount of work that's certainly, certainly involved in that, I think. We certainly, I know I'm guilty of taking my body for granted until such time as I do have an illness or something that then prevents me operating in the way I would usually. And I guess I'm conscious of many people for whom the body is not a place of safety and home is not a place mm -hmm. of safety because of their own traumatic experiences or cultural messaging or um, uh, all of, you know, so I don't know what the all was going to be, but um, potentially that we, I certainly myself as a health practitioner need to be conscious of that and my own role in that and how I'm implementing medical care. Um, but how we as a society could potentially support people more for whom they don't experience that sense of home 
in themselves day to day. Yeah, absolutely. So important that work. Well, we might move into communion. Feel free to get in touch if there's something you wanted to say and um, wanted to chat more. I'm obviously into talking about myself, so <laughs> feel free to <laughs> hit me up. Um, but, yeah, if you want to grab the, the elements for communion, um, my communion today is the last swig of my coffee and a crispy M&M, which is what Jesus would have wanted. Uh, one of my favourite images of communion when it's done, you know, with the proper bread and wine is um, the image of the, the many grains of wheat and the many grapes going into making one product, you know, one loaf of bread and one cup of wine, um, and then that one going out to the many again. And that's always a, an image that's really resonated with me. But we can extrapolate that on a physics level and go, all of the atoms that have come to make the one element that you are making. Um, and we can sort of, if you squint, it's kind of the same, um, which is what I'm trying to do here. So um, I'm thinking about the many beans that have come together to make my <laughs> cup of coffee and the many what sugar plants, I guess, <laughs> chocolate, cocoa, there you go. Um, <laughs> I'm just riffing now. <laughs> um, but if you're if you're ready with your communion elements, um, I invite you to to eat and drink with me with us. Um, this is the body of God. 